I didn't even think I could be a, a full-time performer as a job. And here I am doing it well. Like I need to remind myself of that sometimes because as, as important as it is to always think ahead to the next thing and be on top of your game, it is important to reflect, but sometimes it's really hard to do when you're just constantly looking ahead. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Anthony, as always. And I'm super excited that you are joining me today, this Friday. I'm actually excited that podcasts come out on Friday now because I just feel like it's more on brand because Friday is better. You don't really have anything to do. You've already listened to all your favorite podcasts because they probably all came out on Tuesday. And now you're looking for something to listen to, something to fill your brain with today. So here I am. Thanks for putting me into your ears and I'm excited for this episode. I actually already recorded this interview or mean this interview, this intro with my new AirPod Pros in and then I went to go listen to it and you could literally hear every time I breathed. It was like, (gasps) and then I would talk. (laughs) And so I was actually terrified that that's what the entire interview was going to sound like because I was wearing the AirPods at the time, but it must just be like right now. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, it sounded terrible, so I'm re-recording it because no one <laughs> needs to hear how many times I breathe and how hard I breathe before I talk, apparently. But anyways, I digress. This interview is great. My guest is Jess Moskaluk. Heard of her? She's only the most famous Canadian artist right now. She is a country music singer and a songwriter. And if you haven't heard of her, I have no idea what you've been doing for the past, like, 10 years, five years. She's everywhere. Her songs are amazing. Please go listen to her right after you listen to this podcast. If you have never heard of music before, it's amazing. And in this episode, Jess shares the journey of her country music career, which I always find interesting because I feel like, I mean, personally, I've never talked to any artist who's successful. So it was pretty cool to be able to ask her questions and talk to her and just hear what her journey was like. And We talk about why it's important to take a step back and reflect on how far you've come, which is related to imposter syndrome, which exists in all industries. We all know what that's about. We also talk about what it's like to be a woman in the music industry. Again, a cool like insight into it because I, again, have never had that conversation with anybody. And there's some things you just like don't think about and don't know. Um, Some of the rules about radio play and just how you listen to so many male artists in a row, but count them to that many female artists in a row. It's actually kind of crazy. I didn't know any of it. And she shares how we can help change the male dominated genre. We talk about the pandemic, obviously, because it's very important and we're still in it and how she had to pivot and why she launched her other business, current business, side hustle, handpicked by Jess. It's a super cool subscription box that... I missed out on the first time because it sold out so fast, but I was lucky enough to work with her as a collaboration. So I was guaranteed a box a second time, which was great because it was full of amazing Canadian goodies. So we talked about all of that, what she's up to, what we can look forward to. So let's jump into it. Here is Jess. Thank you so much for joining me on Poolside Podcast. This is you're the first interview of like my new season. So I'm excited Ooh. to get this going again. I'm excited too. Thanks for having me. Of course. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and giving us a little like background, who you are, some fun facts or something? 
Sure, yeah. So my name is Jess Moskaluk. Um, I live in Rokenville, Saskatchewan, and I, I am a uh, country music artist. So um, I've been signed with my record label, MDM Recordings, for like, oh my gosh, like 10 years maybe. Um, and yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, and uh, that's, that's kind of the, the cliff notes there. No, I love that. Um, and let's go back to your childhood. Did you always want to be a performer? Did you have other like career aspirations growing up? Yeah, I mean, not really. Like, I don't think that I, I never really thought that being a performer was a viable career option. And, you know, there's um, so much luck that's involved in, in a lot of it. There's luck, there's a lot of hard work um, and there's a lot of sacrifice. So it wasn't really something that I thought would be a possibility for me. So um, growing up, my mom was always very much like, you have to go to school. Music can be, you know, your plan B if you want, but you know, you have to go to school and, and figure out what you want to do with life first and music can be your hobby which I always thought was more than fair I kind of assumed that's what everybody did um so yeah I think I always wanted to perform and to be a performer growing up but I didn't know that that's what was what my career was going to be right yeah that's so interesting and I feel like that's kind of like a typical parent thing to say where it's like yeah like that's really fun but like make sure you're going to make money (laughs) you can support yourself like you need to be a dentist (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's funny and so did you end up going to school like to university or anything or did you kind of like hit the music scene before you like had to become a dentist or something (laughs) kind of both I um I did go to school I went to um Brandon University in Brandon Manitoba for like I think it was two years before I decided to take a break um what happened was I was I thought I was on the path to study criminal justice and maybe look at a career in, in corrections or, um, you know, parole and probation and things like that. Um, but what happened was I had uh, stumbled into the music industry just by kind of making connections because I just really wanted to play. I just wanted to, to perform as much as I could. So I had signed up to be a member of the Saskatchewan Country Music Association and it was their awards weekend uh, one year while I was in university and I had come home to Saskatchewan to um, celebrate the awards with everybody and hope to kind of network. Um, and I had met up with a woman from Nashville who's, who's, I guess, company was looking to develop new artists. And I didn't know she was there. I didn't know who she was. And um, I was performing with some friends just at like a, a drunken jam session one night. <laughs> And she was like, I think we should fly to Nashville and I think we should, uh, we should kind of explore a career for you. And, and I, I did. And eventually that had become so busy. I was in Nashville one week a month, uh, sometimes an additional week every month I was in LA or Denver. So I was trying to do a full-time school career um, while I was gone for two weeks out of every month. Um, and that wasn't really working for me. So I decided that I needed to kind of take this seriously, at least for now. I, I knew I could always come back to university, but I also knew that music was something that you had to get the timing just right. So I took a break from school and tried to capitalize on the music industry. And I'm still on that break from school. <laughs> I mean, it's worked out so far, so I think it'll, school can always wait. 
I, I mean, that's the thing. Like you can go back, you can be 40, 50, 60 years old if you want and still go and get an education. And I learned that really quickly while I was in school, seeing that there were other people and other, other women as well in their 40s and 50s doing a career change. And I was like, man, that's really encouraging to see. So um, some of those, those people that were, you know, adults in university kind of encouraged me to do music in a really good way. I love that. Yeah, that's so interesting, actually. I guess I don't really didn't really think about it when I was in university to see all of the older people in there that obviously they had changed their mind. So, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And so, yeah, as you're like traveling like L.A. and Denver and Nashville and doing everything, when did you kind of get like the first taste of success? Like what was the first like show or something that you're like, oh, I think this is going to be okay. Man, I, I don't know. It, it seems like there should be that like pivotal moment that, you know, is a real anchor for everyone's life and everyone's career. But I think that what I didn't realize is that maybe that moment never really comes. You know, I think that there, every day still now, I'm kind of like, when when do I make it? I've got platinum and gold records. I've got CCMAs and Junos. And I'm still like, am I okay? Am I doing all right? Um, so I think there were a lot of little moments along the way that I was kind of like in disbelief over and thinking, man, I, I can't believe that I got here. Um, but I don't know if there was ever like one moment where I felt like I was sitting on top of the world and just being like, okay, I've made it. Because you're always just looking forward to the next thing. And you're always just like you know, working as hard as you can with everything you have to just keep whatever it is that your place is in the music industry. Cause, um, you know, there's, you're always just like trying to stay where you are and, and trying to, to elevate to that next level. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And I feel like that's with any career or business thing, especially if you are somewhat of like an entrepreneur and you're really motivated that you, you have goals and you reach them, but you're always, you're always moving forward to like something cooler and better. And like, that's how you grow as a person, obviously, and as an artist for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's what makes people successful in a lot of ways. And sometimes it's kind of a, a bummer because I need to kind of remind myself like, hey, you have accomplished so much in your life and and so much more than you ever thought was possible. Like I, like I said, at the start of this, this chat is that I didn't even think I could be a, perf a full-time performer as a job. And here I am doing it well. Like I need to remind myself of that sometimes because as, as important as it is to always think ahead to the next thing and be on top of your game, it is important to reflect, but sometimes it's really hard to do when you're just constantly looking ahead. Definitely. And did you ever live in a different city or did you always keep Saskatchewan like as your home and then just fly to all the different places? Um, I mean, when I was in university, I, I obviously lived in Brandon in Manitoba for a few years there, but Saskatchewan has really always been home to me. I spent tons of time in, in those cities, but it was always just traveling. I might be there for a month at a time here and there, but, um, and, and they feel like another home, but I've never officially made the move to anywhere other than Brandon, really. <laughs> no, I love that. I've also never left my city, really. That's and totally fine, too. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like people always are like, oh, you need to leave and go live somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, but my city's great. And like, especially you have your family and like you have a place to be. So it's always nice to have like a home base. 
Yeah, totally. I get that a lot, like so much. And actually even people just assume that I live in Nashville um, or that I have lived in Nashville and, uh, and that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that and and no discredit or, or disrespect to those who have made the move. It's just that for me in my life right now, that's not what makes sense. Um, and like I'm on the road so much more than I'm ever home. So in my mind, my logic was like, okay, so then when I want to go see my family and my friends, I have to travel again. I was like, I would never, ever be in the place that I'm paying rent. So <laughs> right. I was like, I might True. as well pay rent where my family and friends are so I can actually, you know, see them and, and feel like I've got a home base that's actually home. Yeah, no, that actually makes so much sense that there's no use, just you would basically never have a house or a home. No, you're just always traveling. Exactly. It's so true. Um, and you touched on it a little bit about like, as you're becoming an artist and even now that you have to remind yourself that you are successful and you've like made all of these milestones. And I feel like that connects a little bit to like imposter syndrome, which I think everybody experiences no matter yes. what kind of job they're in but I also feel that more women than men have that experience. And so I just wanted to touch upon being a woman in the music industry. I think like a lot of people don't get to see like behind the scenes. Cause I know people talk about it in like a corporate job or in different industries, but have you found that that has been difficult or challenging or is it more just an internal like imposter syndrome that you're overcoming? I think that's a really great question. I, I genuinely think it's both. Um, I know that there's some imposter syndrome there. Um, just like you said, everyone experiences it. It's not, it's not a poor me kind of thing. I'm, I'm fine. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, um, it's, it's no secret that in country music, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge being a woman. Um, I know that not all of your listeners would be familiar with that fact being that they're not all necessarily in the, the music industry or the country music industry. Um, but there was a, a gentleman, gosh, it was a couple of years ago now, like maybe five years ago, um, that had compared women on the radio to tomatoes in the salad. So anytime you hear someone referring to women as tomatoes in country music what he meant was that not everybody likes tomatoes and you can you, you have to use them sparingly um he meant that the the men on country radio were the lettuce so you need lots of them it's mostly just lettuce and then a few tomatoes here and there so his kind of idealist his idea idea i guess was was that that you can't play women back to back you can only you can play men as much as you want um if there's a duo that has a woman in it, that counts as a woman, not a man. So you could never play a Lady Antebellum um, and a Carrie Underwood song back to back, but you could play Luke Bryan, Thomas Rhett, Luke Combs, um, all of them back to back to back to back. So that is getting better. Um, we're, we're still working on it. And here in Canada, I will say that we're a little bit better at, at that than we are in the States. And definitely... Um, will will play women back to back here in in Canada and I think that as much as that guy tried to say hey this is what I do women are the tomatoes and we should all know it um his his statement kind of did the opposite and everybody kind of had a little bit of an uprising and was like hey we need to support our women we didn't know that it was so hard we just thought there were less of them not that there are less right. of them because it's so hard and almost designed um for us to not succeed as well so um 
that's fairly challenging and that's just one one of of the of the things you know there's there's all kinds of other nuances that make it challenging for a woman um in the spotlight so yeah it's it's definitely difficult that being said i've never been a man in country music and i i also don't <laughs> want to discredit how hard they work and how talented they all are because it's music is just hard it's just really difficult um in, in general so um you know there's there's just a few extra little difficulties that come along with being a woman in country music right now definitely and yeah i i agree with what you're saying that it's not that we need less men it's just that yeah more women need to be heard and to have the opportunity especially given to be played on the radio because people listening to the radio don't know that that's really happening so like you said you just assume that there's not as many like women that are singing you just assume that that's how the distribution is happening as opposed to yeah on purpose totally and I think that what we sometimes don't realize as well is that you know, when we're listening to to the radio, that's often how we hear songs that we like. So if, if women aren't being played on the radio, we're also not being introduced to as many women that we might become a fan of. So sometimes, you know, if you really want to support women in, in music in general, you almost have to go out and find them yourself on your favorite platforms and, you know, supporting them with a follow on Instagram or like, you know, telling your radio station about them, calling in and being like, hey, this new Jess Moskaluk song is bomb. I need you guys to play it more like all of those things go such a long way and uh it unfortunately you know it it might mean a lot more to to women in country music than than it might in to men right now I don't know maybe that's not 100% accurate that's just kind of my point of view totally I think you have a pretty good spot to be able to have an opinion about that so we definitely (laughs) appreciate that (laughs) and who are some of your favorite female artists to listen to right now? Spread a little love and if people want some new people to listen to. Yeah, Add totally. your songs, obviously. <laughs> I am my own favorite art. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, there's a really talented girl who had opened for us a few years back and has always kind of been on my radar, but she's really been um, kind of blowing up on like TikTok right now. Um, there's Sasha is um she just goes by just sasha like just one name um she's fantastic um and she just had a song out with another group that i love called the rec laws it's called what the truck and it just went gold and it's like her first massive single so um super exciting for her that's a really good sign there's also robin ottolini um to neil arts to neil towns mackenzie porter megan patrick madeline merlot um and those are all just canadians too so um there's there's tons and you know the nice thing is you can really go down the rabbit hole with spotify it's like if you click on one artist they'll suggest a bunch of other artists that you may like so um give some females a shot you know we kind of need to expand our palettes a little bit because we've been so trained to uh to hear and love so much male music which is fine i hear it i love it too but um let's chuck some more tomatoes in our salad (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) don't you hate that isn't that awful that's that's terrible that someone could even like say that out loud to the public and think that that's okay yeah and be like quoted about it it's crazy it's it's so crazy yeah they should be embarrassed really that that was I think they got fired yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay good (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um okay so let's talk about what's been happening over the last two years obviously 
it's a big topic for people. Um, we all had to pivot, evolve, adapt, everything. So what was the last two years like for you and how did it impact your career? Obviously you couldn't have shows, um, but the rest of your career and kind of just like who you are as a person. Big yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a big question, but it's, it's a big thing. Like, I don't think any of us knew that it was going to be this long. I sure didn't. Um, so flashback to March, 2020, I had just gotten on a tour called the hashtag redneck tour with a bunch of my friends. Um, Gord Bamford was the artist that had put this all together. Um, and I had a pretty significant part in this tour and I was super, super excited to be on it. We got about we literally got one show in and then we heard news of this virus that was kind of starting to make its way over to Canada and how serious it had been in other parts of the world and how serious it could potentially be here in Canada. So, um, when, when I say I'm on tour, I mean, we're playing every single night for about a month and then we were going to take a break and announce another month. So we were going to play 60 to 70 shows. Um, by the second show, Gordon and I had sat down and said, okay, we need to make a decision. Do we go on? It doesn't seem that bad right now. Is it going to get worse? And um, we had started hearing uh, new regulations from the government that we knew were going to prevent us from, from carrying on this tour. So we thought, let's call it now. Let's go home. Let's rest. Cause none of us have had any kind of rest with a touring schedule that heavy in quite a few years. So we're going to go home. We're going to rest for a couple weeks. We'll rebook these dates and we'll come back better than ever. Well, that was again in March, 2020. And here <laughs> we are in October of 2021. And, and we um, have rebooked those dates hundreds, hundreds of times now it feels like, and, and we've just decided that that tour is unfortunately not going to be able to happen anymore. We'll, we'll move forward. But so that was devastating because that's exactly why you, you do this. Like, Touring is not only why I got into this job to be able to perform every single night. It's my favorite thing to do in the whole world, but it's also how I make my money. It's, it's 90% of my financial income. So that's been really challenging. Um, I'm also not used to being in one place this long. Um, so there, there's a lot of, of pros and cons for, for me personally and, and professionally, uh, because of the pandemic, um, not to, uh, to, you know, make light of the fact that a lot of people have become really sick and died and businesses have gone away. And I, I don't want to take away from any of that. Um, but some of the pros for me is that I have been able to kind of get rested at least in the beginning, um, and not have to travel quite so much, you know, all the exhaustion that comes with just like moving hotels every night and, being on planes, trains, and automobiles several times a week. Um, that part has been nice. It's been nice to kind of be home. But on the flip side, it's been really challenging to rebook all of these things and rebook the, the travel and, and rebook a band and, and hope that everybody's on the same page and then try and learn regulations in Nova Scotia versus what they are, they are in Alberta and apply for... PEI passes because we've got a show in Prince Edward Island and you require a pass to be accepted into their province to play the show. And like, it's, it's exhausting. So um, it's nice to be able to play shows again at some level, but it's almost like every single time we have a show, I'm 
I don't want to let myself get excited until the minute I set foot on stage because they could kind of be taken away at any minute. So it's been very challenging on every level. Um, so hopefully we're maybe starting to get on the other side of it, but I don't know. It's one minute we are. And then the next minute we're moving backwards again. So I don't know. <laughs> totally. And you don't even want to say it anymore because you spent like a whole year being like, yeah, it's almost over. We're going to, it's going to be fine. And then we're still in it. So you don't even want to like, I know it at all. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of been, it's been messy. And the other thing that I sort of struggle a little bit with is I mentioned that I did get some, some rest and to be able to be home and spend time with my, my family and my husband and my dogs and everything. That was more so the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was like just home, home. Um, speaking of my dogs, as we speak, my dog is walking up to me with a snake right now. That's pretty gross. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so just chalk that up to another con of the pandemic, I guess. <laughs> but it's crazy because now, um, we're having to pivot, like you mentioned, and we're doing Zoom interviews and calls and shows and drive-in shows. And we're, we're doing, you know, long distance album recording and like all these other things that require a lot of time. Um, I've also started a totally new business venture, uh, which is kind of how I got introduced to you actually through Handpicked by Jess. So all of these things are taking up a lot of our time, but the the the, the kind of perception is that we're all as artists just home right now and hanging out waiting to get a call to go back on tour and that's really not that's really not the case i think i can speak for all of us when we've all been really busy just with different things than what we're accustomed to totally it is so interesting and it was like it was an adjustment for everybody to like go from our crazy lives to absolutely nothing but then it's so mm -hmm. interesting to see how you just fill up your time. Like, doesn't matter really what you're doing, your time just fills up with other things. And it's so interesting to see. And I feel like a lot of people learned a lot about prioritizing things and what you want to spend your time doing, because now you basically had your whole schedule to fill up. And, and just like you, like you, I just, you feel like you all of a sudden are busy again, but then don't really understand how you're busy because you haven't left your house. Like it's a very weird yes. thing. <laughs> it's really true. Every time I get back together with my band, we'll be like, okay, what did you do this week? And I'll be like, oh, I've been slammed. And then, you know, Brennan will be like, with what? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just emails. I don't know. It's just been really busy. <laughs> totally. So it's so weird. And do you want to talk a little bit about Handpicked by Jeff? Like you said, that was kind of how we got connected through Brennan, who was in your band. And I feel like you took advantage of everyone being at home and then also supporting local with the businesses that needed help at the time. So do you want to talk about how you came up with the idea and how you executed? I remember seeing your stories and you're like, oh my God, I have so many orders and like your stories of like showing all the boxes <laughs> and like the chaos in your house. So do you want to just walk us through that whole experience? <laughs> yes, you did a really good job at like touching on the topics that are really important within Handpicked. The, the whole reason that it kind of started was a year that I had had several ideas ago, just being like, man, I feel like I work with so many fantastic businesses and, and small companies that I want to help them grow. And, you know, I feel like sometimes just posting about them isn't enough. Like I wish I could get these products into people's hands because that's how people are going to get hooked and, and want to support those companies more. So I came up with an idea of like Jess's favorite things. And we, we thought we wanted to do something around Christmas um, at some point, but we never really had, I never had enough help 
um, being that I wasn't at home and I was on the road so much. And I was like, we don't have enough help within the label and within my own team that I can actually do this. So we put the idea on hold. And when the pandemic came around, I was like, my gosh, these businesses are struggling and most of them are are closed and trying to do like curbside pickup and, and online shopping and delivery and stuff. And I thought, well, maybe this is a really good time to give them a little bit of an extra boost. It's a safe way for everybody to try new products without having to go and shop. Um, I also feel like people could just kind of use a pick me up in the form of like a gift almost in the mail because it's fun to get mail. So um, Handpicked by Jess was born. We also got a new intern at our label who was able to help with this. And like two days into working on this with her, I said to the president of our our label, I called him and I was like, we need to hire Olivia. I need her full time. (laughs) And we did. So she's, she got a job out of it, which is great. Um, And yeah, it's just been really important to me to just support um, small businesses. And we've really kind of we're, we're about to launch our third box, which means that it's the one year anniversary of Handpicked by Jess um, coming next month. So it, it's been so fun to just like share things with people. Um, the first box crashed our website and we sold out in like <laughs> two minutes. It was crazy. So we've had to scale up our quantities significantly every single time we've released a box. So um, we've also had a few other companies reach out to us wanting to do a handpicked box exclusively with their brand. So I can't talk much about who those brands are or when they'll be coming, but I'm working on like three boxes right now. So <laughs> all for 2022. So I'm super, super excited. And uh, we were so happy to have you be a part of of the last one. So thanks again for for sharing that with your following. Yeah, of course. No, it's such a good idea. And I, it's so interesting to have like someone else, someone else like pick the local businesses. Cause I do a lot with like Calgary local businesses. So it was yeah. cool to like see other Canadian local businesses that like, maybe I, like you said, like the whole point of it, like maybe that I hadn't heard of or been able to try because I just, there's so many people on the internet that like you can't find every business so it was really cool to just get to know other Canadian businesses so you did a great job I'm excited to see the next boxes because I tried to buy one of the first ones like (laughs) and I couldn't it sold out way too I was just like I had heard that (laughs) so we wanted to make sure you were a part of the second one because I know Megan got the first one, um, your friend, Meg, your friend, Megan, my guitar player's fiance. So, um, I know she had got the first box. Brennan made sure she got one. So I was like, okay, Rachel needs the second one for <laughs> totally. sure. I was so. like, how did you get one? I was like, that's not fair. I was like, you know, people <laughs> she's connected. She's very well. So are you now? So that worked out perfectly. But the first box was like very much centered around Saskatchewan and Manitoba companies, just based on, you know, the kind of connections that I had made and, and the, the brands that I already was connected with and, and were important to me. Uh, the second box, we expanded a little bit more, the third box, even more so. And, um, you know, now, now it's really important to me that I try to get all of the provinces represented. Um, it's a little bit easier said than done, just based on a hundred different logistical things, but just, you know, finding those businesses it's it's been a very fun challenge to to go out and reach out to people and see what they offer and make sure that our our views kind of align in a lot of different ways and and yeah just be able to sprinkle that support all over the country (laughs) yeah definitely and do you have a date for the next one like is it kind of like a christmas box just for people to put in their calendars set their alarms (laughs) 
Yeah, we haven't announced the actual date yet, but it will be um, kind of mid to late November. Cool. Okay, so everyone put that in your calendar because it sells out so fast. You have to get it. <laughs> it's so fast. And it's a really good one. Like, I'm super biased. I'm well aware. But I wouldn't lie to you. This is honestly the best one yet. Oh, I'm excited to see it. So um, and let's touch on social media a little bit, just because this is a marketing podcast. And so I feel like it's important to get everyone's perspective. And I feel like I said before, I don't know a lot of people within the music industry. So it's always interesting just to hear other careers that are impacted by social media. So how has that impacted your career? Did you find like over the pandemic, you were more involved with social to connect with people? Um, and has there been a benefit or is it been yeah. challenging? What are your thoughts? All of it. It's, it's all <laughs> everything you said. Um, one interesting thing that I didn't really mention before, um, when I was traveling to LA and Denver and Nashville, a lot of what I was doing, you know, in the early years of my career was recording cover videos for YouTube with a bunch of my other YouTuber friends. So I had a really interesting and early um, love and appreciation for social media. Um, I got my Google Play button like years ago for 100,000 subscribers on YouTube before I ever had a song out at radio. Um, and so I had really capitalized on social media, social media early on through YouTube. So um, although that's not necessarily my avenue of choice for, for releasing music and connecting with my fans anymore, um, it is social media in general is such a big thing for, for anybody with any business, truly. Um, it really seems like the first place that people go when they want to buy something, whether it's music, a product, a service. Um, so for, for me as an artist, I, I really use it to connect to my fans. So I love responding to comments. I love doing like Instagram lives and Facebook lives and stuff when I can. Um, and it's a really great place to even just announce new music and, and shows and stuff. So it was really helpful over the pandemic to have for me a weekly Instagram live show where I would invite some of my other friends in, in music or otherwise on to uh, kind of chat with people who are watching as well as just chat with each other and, and kind of check up and, and um, you know, share our platforms. So that was really fun and, and something I wouldn't have necessarily done if I wasn't stuck at home for <laughs> almost two years. So it's, it's been a really great tool throughout the pandemic. Um, but on the flip side, it was a little bit challenging for me to create content when you're kind of stuck in the same four walls for, for so long. Um, my husband can only take so many photos of me before he like wants to <laughs> crawl up in a hole and die. So it was like, okay, I need to buy a tripod and, and you know, do the, the self-timer thing that I'm sure you've done thousands of times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little bit challenging just to kind of be creative when you're stuck in a, a in a space and you don't know what the future holds and what sometimes you don't know what you're looking forward to. Like I, I, I didn't know when my next show was going to be. So as a musician, it was really challenging to not be able to talk about shows. And it felt like I was showing more of my, my personal life, um, which is fine. And I, I think that because of that, in a lot of ways, my following did grow over the pandemic. So it was an interesting test and kind of lesson in social media and what it is that my fans want to see. Definitely. I think it was a good way for people to get to know 
like artists and people that I feel like like normal people don't have like access to or you don't really see what your life is like because like you said you're doing shows or you have like other things to talk about that are related to your career but then everyone got to be like okay like what does someone's living room look like like what are they eating for dinner like it was very like basic human activity which I think people really found interesting that we we're all like experiencing this at the same time um, but yeah. I totally agree with you that it was challenging to be creative. And like, it was cool for the first couple of weeks because you're like, oh, I've never like done these types of videos or these types of photos. And then after you're like, okay, like that's enough. Like, let's go do something more exciting for content. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I think that I've really tried to kind of get a balance on both. And I think that, you know, there are seasons to, I'm sure everybody's career, but I've noticed for, for my own self, there are kind of seasons. So it's like festival season in the summer, even this year was kind of busy. I mean, everything wasn't totally open, but usually festival season, we're playing three, sometimes four times a week. So during the summer, my Instagram, you're going to see a lot of show posts and things like that. And then in the winter, you'll probably see more like product-based things and more home-based things. And then sometimes in the, in the, um, you know, the new year, then we're usually touring and same the spring. So you see more of that. And it's like, I, I'm just trying to kind of find a balance and trying to kind of batch my content so that I've got stuff ready to go so that when I'm on the road, I can be posting, you know, things about being at home, even though I'm not at home. So it's, uh, it's, I'm still trying to find that balance. And uh, it's always been really important to me to not let my team do that for me. Uh, Certainly, they, they can and have helped in the past. But anytime there's like, a comment on my Instagram that I'm answering, it's, it's actually me, it's not my team. And so that's been, um, obviously very time consuming. So that's been something that's, you know, filled up like my time, like we've mentioned before. So um, just trying to find that balance of, of, of what works. And and I think that that balance is always changing. So I'll probably always be trying to find it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. And with your schedule, whether it's like now you're on the road or not at home, um, how do you manage to have time for yourself and with your husband and what does your kind of like your self-care disconnecting time look like? I'm not great at that. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to, I need to get better. Um, but honestly, like, it's funny. I I much prefer this question to something like, what are your hobbies? Because it's not like I don't have hobbies. It's just that my hobby turned into my full-time career. And and so, um, you know, it's, I'd rather take the time for, for self-care to curl up in the tub and read a book or to watch a movie on the couch with my husband. But, um, he and I are both very career driven people and we're both quite busy. So, um, it, it works for us because we appreciate and admire the other person's work ethic. And it's never like, Oh, as if you didn't get that day off, I'm so mad, you know? Um, so we're pretty lucky that anytime we do get to spend together, we, we like to just try and carve that out as best we can, whether it's just staying at home or heading to the Valley and going clotting or something like that. So, um, it's, it's been challenging at times, but I think that we kind of like you batch content. We've almost like batched our time together over the pandemic. We're like, we've had so many nights together, which has been really, really nice. So, you know, that kind of carries us through when we're, when we're both really busy as well. Totally. And then it like confirms that you actually like each other, which I think is good. I think a lot of people realize that their relationship wasn't as great as they thought it was going to be when you actually (laughs) spend time together. So at least you still know you love each other. I know. And it's funny because like, this has kind of been our 
we've been together for nine years now, and this has been our whole relationship. And so now the pandemic playing a part in me being home every night, that's the first time in nine years that's ever happened. So, <laughs> and we're stronger than ever. So I'm like, man, I'm really thankful for that <laughs> because a divorce thrown in the mix with all of this would not be fun right now. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's definitely, it's good to hear. And now you can kind of have a couple nights off. You've, you've done the time together and now you know it'll be fine. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I'm really thankful. Um, and just a couple more questions to, before we wrap it up. Um, we kind of talked about like the new box coming out and I'm sure you have shows, but what's upcoming for you? What are you excited about that's coming up in the next few months? Yeah, the box is like a massive part of my focus right now with, with the release uh, coming so soon. Um, I'm also going to Nashville in a couple of weeks, which will be the first time since before the start of the pandemic. And that's where I do all my songwriting. So um, it's long overdue. So I'm really looking forward to just like hunkering down and just like doing nothing but writing for a couple of weeks. Um, a few more announcements coming up that I can't share specifics on yet, but there's uh, all I, all I can say is that November is going to be a really, really busy month. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled, um, on my socials for when I can talk about a little bit more. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. And where can people find and connect you? Just your name? In, is that your handle? Yep. Yeah, totally. Instagram's the best way. Um, it's connected to everything. But yeah, my, my name is my handle, Jess Moskaluk, um, on Instagram and Twitter and I think Facebook as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Your busy schedule. I do really appreciate it. And you sharing your advice and your insight into the music industry. My pleasure. I hope it was helpful to like one person. <laughs> it was helpful for, to me. So we're good. We've done the one person. <laughs> Awesome. Great. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me. That was a blast.